She'd made it sound as though her husband would be joining them for dinner. She'd made it sound that way on purpose. And then she arrived alone, lifting her shoulders in a vague, wifely gesture of disappointment. And maybe she gave the impression of upset. She'd thought about this moment since she learned Gigi would be out of town. She wanted Tim's attentions to herself for the evening, and she'd planned accordingly. I reminded Al a week ago, she said, and then again this morning. I don't know what he's thinking half the time. Tim leaned to kiss her cheek, wrapped in his smoke, his trim dark suit, his sense of ease. His hair had always been white. Well, he said, perhaps he'll join us later. He had some kind of meeting, but perhaps. She smoothed her hands against her skirt, rippled with electricity, and placed her clutch on the table to slip her sweater from her shoulders. Inside the clutch, she had a folded typescript, brought from strength of habit. She could be the schoolgirl, the devoted. It was, she understood, the way he'd met his wife. But tonight, Gigi was somewhere in the middle of the country, on tour with the other starlets at her studio. Starlet, the word for Gigi, bright and barely formed. She and Tim had married when she was only sixteen, and by then he'd loved her for years already, since she'd been a child. Mary Frances envied them their privacies and devotions, what she imagined to be their secret, richer life together. She wanted a secret, richer life. She and Al had their late nights and closed doors, but there was something itchy and lonesome to her days since they returned to California, and she worried it was beginning to show. At a tea for the faculty wives, a woman with a blue-winged sleeve draped into her saucer suggested mildly that she and Al had reached the time to start a family, said it as if she were reading from a textbook. And all Mary Frances could think was how there would be forty years of teas like that to come. She felt her face go hot again just thinking of it. Dear God, Tim said, peering over the top of the menu. You're blushing. Are you nervous? I never blush. I wouldn't have pointed it out if it wasn't so surprising. I'm showing off my French enlightenment, she said. My continental permissiveness. Well, it's very pretty. Don't encourage me. Next thing you know, I'll be telling stories of the whores with their pastries and Marc on the Place d'Armes. The scandal being the pastries or the whores? Their beautiful long lunches. The wide-eyed boys lined up, waiting for them to finish dessert. She could not believe she was blushing. Do you miss France? He asked. Oh, yes. It is not a country where people do other things while eating. He said this quietly, returning to the menu. And yet it had been the thing she'd been thinking for days. How busy it all was back here in California. How full to the brim with no room left over. Tim knew a little bit about everything, everyone. The electric feeling returned, humming, and her hands pressed the linen in her lap to keep still.